0: Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. In this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Rylan Shaddock, a rapidly rising star of OCR. With a strong sporting background behind him, Rylan turned his hand to OCR and hybrid sports. We talk about his inspiration, his journey to where he is today, and how he stays grounded with so much going on.
1: I switched my computer because it's a little bit better <laughs> audio, I think so. I have an iPhone 8 because I am a cheapskate and I don't like buying stuff, so <laughs> I haven't bought a new phone in like four or five years.
0: <laughs> I mean, if I could get away with that, I would. Uh, my iPhone just died on me about two years ago. It, I was out for a walk. I came home and the battery was dead. It wouldn't charge and it never charged again, so I had to shell out for a new one. I was gutted.
1: Um, I uh, My f- <laughs> Front camera doesn't work. The microphone is really bad sometimes. Like, voice messages don't work. It crashes all the time. Like, it'll just shut off. But for the most part, it still receives calls and texts. So, How I actually live without message.
0: voice messages, though. Like, they're my life.
1: Yeah, I know. It's so nice to be able to use them, but I'll start recording a voice message and then all of a sudden <laughs> my, uh, my audio won't be working. So, it just goes quiet. Oh. I'm like, dang it. And it's really bad for Instagram because I can't uh yeah. I can only post like a certain resolution of video oh. or the whole app will crash. So
0: wow. it, yeah,
1: it's uh I'm probably gonna get one in the next couple months, but we'll see.
0: I mean, I was about to say, hopefully, when you're at World, you'll get a podium spot and you'll have some money. But uh, you've you've done that several times in the last couple of months, so that that's not the problem. <laughs> it's, it's you being thrifty, which is very admirable. But uh, you're, you're you're certainly hitting those spots. You can, I think you can probably treat yourself to a new phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see.
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you for joining me. Um, it's yeah. it's lovely to get to chat to you. We've been watching you, and uh, you've certainly i mean even in the last couple of weeks you've just had such uh, such an insane couple of weeks how are you feeling
1: um so i just got off a 48 hour shift this morning so that oh. might tie into my answer a little bit but uh <laughs> i'm uh, i'm feeling okay uh a little bit rough i actually just did 400 meters by 12 uh to kind of see where my speed was at cuz it's it's time to start I've been doing my like a base phase for probably about 10, 11 weeks now Mm -hmm. since I've been able to train. And so now I'm going to start a build phase towards November. I'm probably going to do two build phases that are about four to six weeks long, depending on how they go. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And uh, so I wanted to get a baseline and one of my baseline workouts is like 400 by 12. And, uh, yeah, I actually had a personal best today. So I was even with the 48 <laughs> hour shift and all the crazy racing the last few weeks. So I'd say I'm feeling pretty good. I'm actually, the reason I asked if you were going to video and if it was important is because I'm stretching because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to go hit a mountain bike right after this. And then I'm going to go to the Ninja gym wow. uh, after dinner. So trying <laughs> to like, flow through the day because I have to go back to work for 24 hours tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And then I'll get off at 7 a.m. on Friday oh and I'm going to go pace uh, Chris Rogloski in her hundred miler because <laughs> uh, it's in Utah. So I'm yeah. going to pace her for probably about 35 to 40 miles. And then I go back to work right after that for another 24 hours
0: So, I mean, when in all of this are you sleeping?
1: So when I got back from work, I took uh, probably about an hour and a half nap. And then last night at work, I I actually got quite a bit of sleep. I got probably six to seven really good hours. Um, Well, about six good hours before we woke up, because I... It kind of slowed down in the evening and I was at a different station. So I just told the guys I was going to go to bed. So I went to bed at like 8 p.m. And then we woke up at 3 a.m. for a call. So I got in a good amount of sleep. I probably fell asleep around 9, 930. Okay. And then I slept until 3 a.m. So I got a good three hours or sorry, six hours. Um, <laughs> a
0: good three hours and a one and a half hour nap. You are raring to go and yeah. smash all of this. I mean, most people. So, after the last couple of weekends, you had. Firstly, um, you well, let's put it really simply. In in the last couple of weekends, you've beaten both Ryan Atkins and VJ Jones. Correct. Yes, ma'am. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, just those facts on their own are enough to kind of highlight uh, how well you're performing at the minute normally i mean normally that sounds incredibly rude this is an insane amount of energy that you have to be able to then be working these kind of shifts and training uh, and performing as much as you're doing where where is this coming from how are you able to do it
1: i'll be honest uh my outlook my outlook on how i train Mm -hmm. has changed a little bit uh Mm -hmm. i'm a lot more relaxed about it than I used to be when I was a mountain biker I used to be pretty aggro about it um I wasn't working firing like I wasn't doing fire and EMS when I was Mm -hmm. a mountain biker and so I was really dedicated to sleep and nutrition and I was uh I was always trying to be like as light as I could be and uh also like as as specific on workouts as I could be and Mm -hmm. Now, I actually just train mostly for fun.
0: Great. Uh,
1: Like even even my 400s by 12, even though I was was pretty tired still, but I knew that the last time I did the 400 by 12 workout, I was running on three hours of sleep. So I figured it'd be good to do it this time on some low sleep as well. So then Mm -hmm. I would have a good comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was good because it kind of highlights that some days it's okay to push through some lack of sleep and that's just mm-hmm. how my life is going to be so I just accept that but then I try and catch up afterwards so okay like I got off shift this morning and I was gonna go for a trail run but I decided to take a nap instead because I felt really drained and tired mm-hmm Uh, I actually, it's not the racing that usually makes me feel drained and tired. It's the travel in between and the talking to people. Like I'm an introvert. So when, when like a lot of people are reaching out and everything, it's still a challenge for me to get back to everyone. And then also prioritize like what I'm going to be able to fit certain times in with people. And then at work, Mm My part of my job is communicating with other people Mm -hmm. and then also understanding what the patient needs or what the person needs and trying to solve their problem. So uh by the time I get done at work, I'm I'm usually pretty much just want to go be by myself. And so my recharge is actually what drains a lot of other people. Like for a lot of other people, their training is hard for them. Mm. But for me, (laughs) <laughs> it's when I recharge, so the more I do, usually the better i feel mm. uh within reason, so I do a lot of uh i I very much believe in the principle of make your hard days hard and your easy days easy mm-hmm. uh my easy days definitely don't look like most other people's easy days uh, <laughs> like i I'd still I still will go for like an hour and a half, two hour mountain bike ride, and I'll go for an easy jog and I'll go climbing. And that will be like my easy day, but it's all done at a pretty low intensity. And then when Mm -hmm. I swing the hammer hard, like this morning, I swung the hammer pretty hard in the 400s, I knew I didn't have like my full strength because of sleep and just the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to see where I was at. So I swung the hammer hard and I love running fast. So anytime I get to run fast, it's usually on the trails, but today I decided to take it to the track and just so I could have an idea of how, how things are going. And like that, like, I feel so much better now that I did that,
2: mm-hmm. I
1: got back, I rehydrated, I ate some food. And then as soon as we're off this call, I'm going to hop on my bike and go for probably an hour and a half mountain bike ride before I go to the Ninja gym. Nice. So. Like, that's just, that's, it's what makes me feel alive. And yeah. uh, my training's fun. Like, I try to keep <laughs> it in. like 90% of it is just euphoric.
0: It sounds so, varied, but also, you know, very interesting. And yeah, it does sound fun. It doesn't sound like you're just kind of repeating really kind of structured, strict workouts that you have to do in order to A, B, C, D. So yeah, that, that I mean, it sounds great.
1: <laughs> it's fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: I mean, it's interesting what you say about the events being uh, difficult in terms of obviously a lot of contact with people. I imagine because of your job, you're kind of quite used to dealing with adrenaline. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm making a presumption here. Please correct me. So maybe the what can be tiring for some people and competing, you kind of you've adapted to. But, you know, a lot of athletes and this is a conversation I've had many times with several athletes over the year. Years, it, it, it Is this kind of the when you're an event or even in between events uh and people want to talk to you and of course it's lovely to talk to people but those people don't realize how much other people are asking you know how full your inbox is how many messages there are to reply to how many people you shake hands and smile and take a picture with and it can get really really exhausting and and the only thing i'll say and i please don't think i'm patronizing in any way but there always comes a point where you have to really look out for yourself and um I mean, you know John Alban very often would kind of just take himself off and and everyone knew he's he's just taking some time for himself now and and it's it's nothing rude, especially now people really understand um people need a bit of space because it's these events they're heavy I mean I find them exhausting as well. I totally get it
1: well, I appreciate that it's it's not really like uh, something I'm used to. I think mm. the last couple of weeks it's just heightened that, yeah, and i I love how people come up and they'll, they'll tell me something that encouraged them or something that inspired them. And that's huge for me because I, I really feel like a big purpose for why I Mm. was put on this planet was to inspire other people to live differently. So when I, when I get that feedback, that does give me energy. Uh, but I also realize I'm, I'm not an extrovert and I, Mm. I need quite a bit of alone time. So, uh, Actually, in between the the singles race and the doubles race at Decafit last Saturday, mm. I uh, I found a quiet hallway and I did a <laughs> podcast, and then for like another hour, I just kind of sat there and talked with one other person and mm. kind of had some quiet time by myself out there. And it was it was just so nice to have some silence, I guess. And yeah, it's uh, it's great.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. It, it. it really, it gets to me too, the busyness of things. Um, I mean, it's a completely different lifestyle, but I have a daughter and if I take her out to somewhere that's noisy and a lot of people, I come home, I've just got to crash. I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> this, is, this is too much. Um, and and something like an event, you, you are, again, the adrenaline, it kind of keeps you going for a while, but when it goes, you're just like, it, you know, very much can feel like a bit of a, whew. I don't, I mean, I don't know if you'll be joining us at Worlds, I hope. I
1: hope you will. OCRWC? Yes. Yes. I actually am looking at flights today. I have signed up for the races now. And then I do have a place to stay. I just need to find out how I'm getting there. (laughs) Both flying and then driving is what I'm trying to figure out.
0: I'm sure, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of options and I'm sure there's lots of advice out there as well for people. I mean, I'm not great on the state, so. I'm going to Boston.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's
0: that's from the UK, uh, but there's Albany and, and other airports. But, um, but all I was going to say about the worlds, particularly because it's such a long event, and it depends where you get there. Often people get there quite early, and it's a wonderful social event. It is really, really lovely. But because it, you know, you've got three days of racing plus probably another day, you know, the the, the Thursday of build up. That is a situation where, and this goes for everyone who reacts in this way you have to carve out time for yourself because it's so intense and i always feel really mean and i say this all the time because my job is often on the finish line to kind of stick a camera in people's face and talk to them i'm just like i don't want to and i know that's not like the fighter spirit it was like these guys are tired they've just run loads but you know there's a lot of demands on everyone so um mm. it, it it sounds like you've got the training down and you've got the performance down but i i'm going to i'm i'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to be slightly annoying and mothery here and say please look after yourself at the event and keep keep your energy up for performing because uh it's it's a really happy one
1: <laughs> I think usually while I'm at the event it's not as bad because I I get a lot of energy from watching other people race and yeah. also racing is where I feel the most like myself okay uh, in a way I feel like I was built to do it and Uh so whenever I race I I get a huge surge of energy like Mm. mass and so it takes a while for that to wear off it's usually the day after when Mm. I get home or uh, like a couple days after that's usually when it kind of all hits and or if I feel like I have to get back to people or or Mm. uh or communicate with people, that's, that's when it starts to get a little bit more difficult, but the actual race and right after is usually not that bad. It's, it's more after. So like, for instance, yesterday Mm -hmm. I was working with uh, a different crew and for dinner, I actually just made, uh, I decided to make my own food, which Mm -hmm. a lot of the time we'll cook together. But last night I wanted to, to eat a a bit healthier. So I uh, made my own food and I actually just climbed up to the roof of the fire station and oh, watched wow. the sunset and ate up there. The <laughs> last two nights I was at work because I just wanted the alone time because I had been around people so much. That so That sounds
0: amazing though.
1: It it was great. You just take a radio up there and then you got to run down quick if you get a call, so.
0: Well, you were you were in um Chris's story, weren't you, about going up to the up on the ski lift to go and see the sunset. Yeah. I yeah. messaged you and I was like, dude, Dude, stars in Vermont. What they like? This is a must. So you know, thanks to the inspiration, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be making sure I, am making the most of of uh, of what that place has to offer. Yeah, I think someone like... asked
1: me. Someone asked me what I did to celebrate after North American champs, and I said, well, I just asked my friends if they wanted <laughs> to go up to the ski lift and and watch the sunset because I love watching sunsets. Oh, so that's a really that's normal. That's heaven. Sunset.
0: I think that's, so that's a glorious what I did to way to celebrate. <laughs> I, absolutely. It was absolutely. great. <laughs> so uh, obviously you just said that you will be joining us at the world championships. Which events have you decided to sign up for?
1: So far, 3K, 15K, mm-hmm. the 100 meter. But I don't know if, if I make the semifinal. I don't know if I'll still be there because I have a flight, mm. most likely. Okay. Because uh, I have to be back to work Monday morning at six a.m., so I uh, I got to figure out how to make that work if it happens. Um, and then also the team relay. I think I honestly I don't want to say it too soon, but I think my team's going to be hard to beat. It kind of fell into my lap, and I think uh, I think we've got a very good shot.
0: I want to guess that if I could put a dream um
1: a uh, male dream team It's a male
0: i was gonna say i was gonna say co and i was gonna put you vj and chris together
1: that would be an incredible team as well but it chris won't be, re- be there i don't think she'll be there for the team so
0: i i am what <laughs> she's there on like she's she'll be there on saturday though right uh
1: i think so yeah i
0: hope so you have to ask her <laughs> Gosh, that would be, I would be, um, I'm so looking forward to meeting her. And I'm so looking forward to see what she does at the race. Like, ah, she's had such a fantastic year. But yeah, that would be a dream team. Okay, so male team. Oh, oh no. Uh, I'm going to go massively out on a limb. Uh, No, I don't know. I don't know. I can't make the guess.
1: Well, I guess we'll find out on Sunday. (laughs)
0: I mean there are so many options that it, yeah I'm, I'm gonna yeah I'll let we'll you know save if, it for Sunday yeah I'll let you know if my guess was correct but it's highly likely it's not gonna be um okay. so you said you like to run fast as well so I'm guessing you've got you've got high hopes for the 3k which is always obviously super wow, they're all super competitive aren't they but which I'm gonna stop talking for you which event are you hoping to like what are you hoping for
1: I'll be honest this is my first this is actually my first world championship ever. Mm -hmm. And then also it's my first time on all of those obstacles. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm going to be at the Ninja gym a lot, just trying (laughs) a bunch of random things because it's going to be my first time on a lot of the obstacles. So, Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, I think with how my running is right now, the 15 K is going to be really good. Mm -hmm Uh, because it's like that mid distance, it's not very long, but it's also not too short. So I feel like that would be a solid option for me. And then Mm -hmm. the 3k, like, sorry, Uh, the 3k, I honestly, I would never count myself out on the 3k. So I'll be working on my obstacles to try and get more prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And then my running, like I I don't really have a running background. So Mm. I don't have a bunch to gauge off of, but yeah. I think with how the, how the running felt in the deck of fit, and then also how it's been feeling at home and just my, my standard workouts that I do, I know I'm getting faster. It's just, I don't know how fast that is compared to other people who actually have run track and like can have really good leg t- turnover. So I have a lot to learn for sure. But uh, Mm. as long as I'm progressing and I'm getting faster, I'm happy with that. So it's more Uh, about me racing myself out there.
0: I mean, it worked for you at Spartan. So I'm going to I'm going to say, you know, you've probably got good, strong looks. (laughs) Now, you you say you don't have a running background. Let's rewind a bit. And um, if we can kind of talk about your journey into OCR, how you got into it, what you were doing before and how you got to the the place you are currently
1: okay uh so I started out mainly just playing soccer as a mm-hmm. kid I wanted I wanted to be a professional soccer player okay um, so I started out when I was five oh. and played until I was 17 by the time I was 16 I started to burn out a bit of soccer and I found cross-country mountain biking and I actually switched and decided not to play my senior year of of high school, Wow. Uh, which was a big deal. And I yeah. just decided I wanted to try and make uh, USA's development team for cross country. That's um, a that's a
0: huge that's a big decision for especially for someone so young. Like I mean, I applaud you for knowing you know one taking a risk and two knowing what you want.
1: Yeah, I I just decided I wanted a sport where. I didn't have to rely on a team, and maybe that's selfish, but <laughs> I I, I got very fed up with the the politics of soccer mm. and all of the requirements for that, and I found out that I could race bikes, and a coach didn't have to sign me up or put me in or Uh, I didn't have to get recruited by anyone. I could just sign up for a race and go race it. And if Mm -hmm. I was faster than people, then I would beat them. And if I wasn't, then I would lose. And so I really liked that. And I got hooked on that and just went full on into it and uh, ended up racing uh, semi-professionally and then professionally for like four or five years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, I actually had to stop because I, I allowed myself to get an eating disorder, um, Mm. and was very, had a really unhealthy relationship with food for a long time. Uh, so I actually decided that ultimately I would not be able to keep racing Mm. and heal from that at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I stepped away and that was when I got into firefighting and I got a little bit bigger and stronger as well. Wow. um, and so after probably about a year of firefighting, I, I was running more just because it was more time efficient than mountain biking. And I didn't really like mountain biking for a while. Like I didn't, I didn't ride my bike for probably eight months after I quit. Okay. Um, which was a big deal because I rode it almost 365 days a year yeah. for like three or four probably four to five years I rode almost every day like 10 to 15 hours a week uh so a lot of volume uh mm. in that time period
0: yeah but if you want, I mean there's I, I'm, so I'm just interrupting really briefly to kind of just tell a story from from my past I went probably Seven years ago, I went through a not a great period of life. And um, my best friend to me said, <laughs> It's kind of totally different, but it's not. She's like, I know you're not okay because you're not baking. And I used to bake every day, and it was like my favorite thing to do. And she's like, I know that the day you start baking again is when you're starting to get better. And I was like, interesting. And then one day I was just like, Do you know what? I want to bake. And it made me really happy that I was able to kind of do this thing. And I don't know what it was. I don't know what the connection was. There almost wasn't, but it was almost like I just don't feel good enough to do this thing that used to bring me joy and and I can't do it um and I'm not saying that's the same situation as you but sometimes there's just you can't you can't go back to something when you're not in the right place for it basically
1: I agree that uh do you bake now
0: I do I don't bake as much as I used to but I do still love baking
1: <laughs> I I have started uh Mountain biking quite a bit just yeah. for cross training. And then I enjoy it. I actually might hop into a couple of races uh just for cycle cross, just for fun this fall, just mm-hmm. to add another thing to the list of things that <laughs> that I want to do just because it looks fun. Uh I used to race cycle cross a bit and I don't have the bike for it, but yeah. I'll probably just use my my heavy mountain bike and see how it goes <laughs> <laughs> just for fun
0: sounds like you'll probably be fine so you you let's let's rewind sorry to go back to your story before I interrupted you uh we were we're getting onto onto your your running and and oh yeah not really cycling but
1: yeah so I I was mainly doing uh like 15 maybe 15 miles a week which was a lot for me crossfit style workouts but more almost like a decafit style workout um and then I would I would bike a little bit because I started cycling again and I saw, I think it was the NBC races I had seen for Spartan Mm -hmm. and also OCRWC on YouTube. I looked at some of the, the older races. Oh, cool. And it just looked really fun. And Mm -hmm. also uh, at that time I was still, still, Healing from my uh, eating disorder, so mm-hmm. I saw that they were built a lot like I was. Like they mm. were bigger, they weren't super skinny, but they could still move really quickly and they were strong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I immediately th- thought I could be really good at this. <laughs> like if I if I trained for this, I could be really good at this. So yeah. uh, that was around 2020, and all the races got canceled. Oh. So for a year, I wasn't really a year and a half or almost two years. I didn't really race anything. Uh, but I was just, I was staying fit just because that's who I am as a yes. person. Like I mentioned uh, on a podcast I was on a couple of days ago, mm. uh, I mentioned how even if I didn't race, my life would look the same. Mm. I'd still be rock climbing. I'd still be mountain biking and running almost every day. So s- racing is more of just a celebration of what I like to do already. Mm. And so it was the case then as well. I wasn't training as much as I am right now, but also my soft tissue from not running mm. for so long, since I was only cycling for five or six years, my soft tissue was really weak. So I could only handle a lower amount of volume. And I've just slowly been building from there.
0: So it's probably quite and- good that you weren't able to start racing. Cause there's a good chance you would have kind of, gone heavy in and could have caused some damage, et cetera, et cetera.
1: It's very possible. Very possible. So (laughs) 2021 last year, uh, in March, I decided that I wanted to try and race. And I, I raced age group the first day, uh, the Las Vegas Spartan and, uh, ended up winning that. So they let me upgrade the second day. And then I started racing pro and I got third, right behind, uh, Kirk DeWitt and then VJ Jones won it.
2: Nice. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, that's kind of how it started for me. And I started training last year and then in July, I fractured my heel and ended up being in a boot for almost three months. So <sighs> I've been slowly rebuilding from that. And now I feel like I'm back and I feel healthy and my body feels good. And as long as I am careful with how much I'm sleeping and my nutrition is good. I, I generally feel just very strong and very energetic right now. Uh, mm-hmm. almost like, a. I was talking to my brother last night and I said, I almost feel like I'm superhuman right now. Like I, <laughs> I recover so fast mm. and I feel so good very often. It's just when I really get below like five hours of sleep a night, then I really mm. start to feel rough, but yeah I, I feel so good it's amazing
0: <laughs> how do you manage your nutrition now because I imagine obviously food is a huge huge part of of uh, well life but also to be able to train and perform at this capacity um, and it's something all you know the top athletes I speak to they're just like rest and food really really important does your body feel very different Now, I guess your nutrition is going to be managed, but how do you manage that with the issues that you've had in the past? Is this something that you can do yourself or do you have someone else that kind of helps you and uh, advises you, etc.?
1: So when I was struggling with, uh, it was a binge eating disorder is what I was really struggling with. That was uh, a big struggle of mine from about 20, 2018 is where it started. And then 2019, Mm -hmm. it got really bad. And then Mm. it took me about a year and a half to get to a healthy place again, or almost two years. Mm -hmm. So for the last year, uh, actually, almost for the last year and a half, I've actually had a much healthier relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And so the, the steps that I took to get there was I had to leave the sport that was causing that issue for me or that I had allowed to cause that issue so I I stopped cycling
0: what was the uh, connection between the sports and and the issue how did how did it influence it or or weight it was
1: so for me it was less like I would look at skinnier people and I would I would think oh if I was skinnier like if I dropped more weight I could probably beat them right and so I did, and I I actually was the same height that I am now, but I was around 155 to 160 pounds.
2: Blimey! So how tall are you?
1: I'm six foot. Whoa! Um, and right now I don't weigh myself anymore. That's, uh, yeah, that's another good. step that I've taken. So I actually don't know how much I weigh, but I think I'm around 175. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I'm between 175 to 185. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few months ago i decided i i didn't want to weigh myself anymore mainly because i was getting i was getting asked a lot uh just from race performances and and just people at work or or whatever and they'd ask me like oh wow you look really you look really cut and lean how much do you weigh mm. and i realized being like looking lean is completely different than how much you weigh so that yeah,
0: weight doesn't, doesn't mean that yeah. much yeah and I, it if, can but it was, especially for an athlete it doesn't really
1: yes yeah, so, so like for for a tour de france uh hill climber mm-hmm. weight can be really important but also if they get too light then their power disappears
2: mm-hmm.
1: so instead of keeping track of my weight i actually only keep track of my power and then also mm-hmm. my endurance so that's why I have, uh, I have a specific like mid distance loop, uh, and a long run loop. And I just look at my, my pace and Mm -hmm. my heart rate and how that compares. Mm -hmm. And then I have, uh, like standard workouts, like, uh, 400 meter repeats around the track by 12 Mm -hmm. or, uh, at the station, I'll do one mile repeat sometimes or a, a mile and a half test, or I'll do a circuit that's very familiar to me and I can kind of gauge how fast I'm doing that circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can just do races like mm. DecaFit, for instance, they set it up the same every time. So if I wanted to see if I was getting fitter or not, I could just set up a DecaFit and compare the times. Mm. Like it, it, it's very easy to implement performance metrics into your training Mm -hmm. so that you have an idea of if you're getting faster or stronger or both. Mm. So I have, I have pretty basic principles that I use to see if I'm getting faster and stronger. And if I'm getting faster and stronger at the same time, which is usually pretty difficult to do, uh, usually you have to focus on one or the other, (laughs) but uh, when I feed myself and I make sure I'm getting enough rest, and Mm. also, like, I'm very grateful and joyful in life, then Mm. both come very quickly. So that's why I don't weigh myself anymore. I really just focus on the performance Performance. metrics. And I would say it's working. So
0: I think it's a great thing when a sport can encourage someone to be more interested in how their body performs and how it looks. I mean, I I, I well, I haven't for a while because I have an injury, but I like to weightlift. I'm terrible at it. Absolutely terrible, but that is fine. And one of the beautiful things is it's mainly women there. And, you know, sometimes women that join because they want to get leaner or they want to, and then they start weightlifting. They're like, holy mackerel this is building some muscles this is great and oh actually look at my traps now look at my quads and I can lift more and oh now I'm going to work towards lifting this and lifting this and this is going to be my goal and suddenly the body goes out the window apart from to congratulate on this you know the obsession is not how the body looks it's how the body performs and it's it's a nice I mean I did just use the word obsession and obsession is never good the the focal point is on how the body is performing and it's great when a sport can allow you to do that without worrying about, yeah, the aesthetics, because ultimately, yeah, like, you know, it, not feeding yourself or feeding yourself badly, et cetera, you are never going to perform to the best standard, no matter what the connections are made in the brain. It, it just, it can't work. And also it's, it's not nice. It's not nice for, for, for the person going through that it's, you know, it's, 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 it's not healthy. So I'm, I'm really pleased that you found that. And, and, OCR is a fantastic sport for that because the athletes are so varied you know there have been some incredible athletes where if you were to look with the look at them you know with their top off they don't look like anything special but then they they race and and holy mackerel they're fantastic so it's you know really the way someone looks has no bearing on on how they are necessarily performing
1: that's very true and I think that's why I was drawn to the sport because I saw so many different body types and then Uh, I, I also, I look back now and, uh, you look at cross country mountain biking and a lot of them are really small and lean, but there's also some, some pretty muscly ones that are fairly large and like, you can use your body in a way if you're, if you have the ability to perform at an elite level, Mm. I think it's way more important to find instead of focusing on. I was focused on getting to a specific weight for so long mm. once I let go of that. And I, I started, uh, instead of focusing on my weight, I started working on getting stronger and faster.
2: Mm.
1: My performance has just been skyrocketing. Cause yeah. like, I, I have learned to listen to my body when it needs certain types of food.
2: Yeah, and then I so.
1: also plan that out. So like in the morning, I usually have a smoothie bowl with like berries and banana uh, I eat a lot of berries to keep inflammation down and just also for okay. the antioxidants. And then I usually take like a, a form of, uh, beetroot powder. So I take eat pretty frequently.
2: Nice.
1: And then, uh, I usually have a banana in there and some granola for carbs as well. And maybe some spinach or kale and, uh, and like chia seeds. And I just eat like this, uh, smoothie bowl is what I call them. And they're delicious, but also it's a good start to my day because usually an hour to two hours later, once it's digested, I'm ready to hit my hardest session of the day, which is usually a run. Mm -hmm. And I feel good because I've fueled my body. And then once I'm done with my harder sessions, I usually transition a little bit more to foods that are higher in fat and protein towards Mm -hmm. the end of the day. One, because it processes better overnight and it takes longer to digest. So if I eat too much of that in the beginning of the day, then I feel sluggish and it's just like my stomach doesn't handle it as well. Mm. So nutrient timing is is definitely important, but also the quality and the quantity. So when I was, I totally believe now, like when I was starving myself, trying to get lighter for so long, I was not performing as well as I could have because I wasn't recovering as fast. And I think a huge reason I recover faster now, uh, besides just being very aware and grateful for what I have, uh, the the more performance-oriented thing is I fuel my body so yeah. much more. Like I easily eat three and a half to five thousand calories a day. I mean, easy. with
0: the amount that you're doing, <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. You with know, the amount yeah. you're moving, that that is, yeah. yeah, that is great. That is that is very necessary. Yeah. Um and it's, you know, it's it's very easy to kind of talk about uh, issues with food logically and uh, but that's not how they exist uh in reality in in someone's head and and you know a lot of of course you know this i'm sorry i sound so patronizing but for those listening a lot of eating disorders are uh around control for example so you know it it can stem from if if training isn't progressing etc and this, this is an aspect of life that I truly can have control over, even though it will then make everything else worse. Worse, And you can know, you can know all uh, the sensible science and, and the truth about food, but it doesn't mean it connects in your brain. So, I mean, it sounds like you've had an absolutely remarkable recovery to, to be able to be fueling yourself so well uh, for what you're doing. And I'm, I'm very pleased. And it does sound like you are very strong (laughs) it sounds like you're managing it really well and you know like you say you felt you feel almost superhuman with the strength that you have it must just be such a difference for you to be treating your body with with this much more kindness and respect and love by feeding it and being able to perform better like it must feel fantastic
1: Uh, it it feels really good I can tell you that (laughs) that is for sure Uh, it's definitely not just the fueling though like I'll be honest, the, at that same point, uh, in my life, I also had a very unhealthy mental state, probably mm. because I felt so terrible from eating mm. when I would binge, I would just feel disgusting and gross with myself. Yeah. Um, and I was caught in that cycle for yeah. probably a good six months to a year. I was in a pretty nasty cycle, and for for a while of that, uh, I also had a very piss poor spiritual life as well. And mm. I actually talk with my brothers about this very fairly frequently. Uh, we call them the three pillars, and uh, so when we check in with each other, mm. I'm I'm very close with all of my family. Like I I have the most amazing family, and it's helped me so much. And so when we talk to each other, especially with my brothers, uh, usually I'll ask them three questions. I'll ask like, how are you doing spiritually? How are you doing mentally? And how are you doing physically? Mm-hmm. And we call them the three pillars because mm-hmm. they are all intertwined. Mm-hmm. So if one of your pillars is is suffering. So in, in that case, that time period of my life, uh, spiritually, I was suffering. So then after. After a long time of only relying on two pillars, they started to crack. Mm -hmm. So both physically and mentally, I started to crack. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that all of my pillars are healthy right now, Mm -hmm. like all of them are able to share the load of life. I feel so much better. I feel amazing. Like my spiritual life, my relationship with God is incredible. And I feel like I'm growing and learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, my relationship with my family is great, mm. and that also helps my my mental strength.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then because of those two things, I'm really able to f- focus on pushing my limits physically. Mm. So whereas if you took one of my my other pillars away, like spiritually or mentally, if I mm. was struggling, my physical pillar would not be able to handle the stress, the Mm. added stress that I pour on it from training. But when I'm healthy in the other two areas, I, I can throw a lot at the physical pillar and just rebound super quick. Yeah. So it's, it's very important to not just focus on, so like, say if you're struggling with an eating disorder or if Mm. your training isn't progressing, or uh, if you feel distant from from, uh, friends and family or you're struggling with depression, whatever it is at that time period, uh, whether it's training or if it's your spiritual life or your mental uh, resiliency, when you choose to only focus on the problem Mm. instead of what could be relating to the problem, you can miss a lot. So what I usually try and step back with with my brothers or with myself is okay. So maybe spiritually you're feeling distant from God, or maybe physically you just feel like garbage. Mm. You have no energy. Okay. Let's look at your other areas of your life. Let's look at your other pillars and see why like yeah. are, are maybe your home life. Like maybe I have a couple of brothers that are married. I'll be like, okay, so how's your relationship with your wife? Or uh, I have a sister who has a boyfriend. I'll ask her, how's your relationship with your boyfriend? And then, you know, other things like that. And then how's your nutrition? Uh, mm-hmm. How's your relationship with God? Like, how, how are you doing physically? Like, I'll ask them the other questions for those other pillars. And usually we can find something that we can maybe tweak or change to, to hopefully help with the pillar that's struggling. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a huge believer in that. It's usually never just one area of your life. You got to mm. look at the, your life as a whole.
0: Yeah, it's that. It's a really valid point. I mean, I normally kind of, if I've been having a a not great time, I'm like, well, I'm eating well and I'm going outside and I'm being physical, but still. But I've never really kind of thought of of spirituality. And and everyone interprets that in a different way, obviously. But it is an aspect and a facet to life that. Yeah. Even if somebody may not uh, have a capacity for a religion, there's still a way to uh, nurture that side in a way that works for you. So you said, you know when when your problems kind of started to happen that your uh, spiritual pillar was not quite intact or doing so well, what was this kind of the start of things? not going so great for you? Do you know, do you know why that happened? Were you able to kind of identify that?
1: At the, at the time, uh, I just, I knew I was struggling, but I just really chose to ignore it. Mm. Um, I grew up in, in a church in Utah and I was really close with a lot of the families in there. And then the, the church ended up doing some things that Or people in the church ended up doing some things that were not very uh, Christian and it just it fell apart and people got angry and hurt each other. And Mm -hmm. I decided I didn't want to be a part of that. And that was when I was in high school. Yeah. And so for a lot of my early adult life, I just ignored it Uh, like spirituality in general. I I did a lot of ignoring it. Was this around uh, the
0: same time that you decided to stop soccer as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Sorry. so I I chose to focus. (laughs) You left
0: two groups where there was a team and groups of people, and then kind of went off by yourself.
1: Yes, ma'am. And I think Mm. that's why I did that. I was so excited to be alone and not have to rely on other people. Yeah. Because a lot of my trust was was broken. Yeah. uh, From other people, and so uh, I just wanted to be alone and only rely on myself. To be honest.
0: Which doesn't work.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I focused instead of building value to myself uh, through relationships and through my relationship with God and and spirituality and then also uh, focusing on uh, my mental strength. Pretty much all of my mental strength was only to relate to physical performance, not other areas of my life., yep. so I just went all in on on mountain biking and on college, and I was just like, "This is where I get my value mm-hmm. uh, if I'm good at what I do, yep. then this is what makes me valuable and so when that started to fall apart when mm-hmm. i started my performances started to suffer because of uh my eating disorder, I had a very hard time finding value in myself. Yeah. Uh, and that continued for a couple of years. And because right after that, uh, I started my career. And so I wanted to find value in my career.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And ultimately, uh, I think it was, it was a relationship I was in at the time comboed with a uh a new experience of seeing people die fairly frequently and just wow, seeing okay. bad things happen to people. Yeah. I realized that I I did believe that we were here for a reason
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that I could actually find that. And I stopped making excuses. Uh because I used to just make the excuse of no one really can know mm. like why we're here or you know, like no one really knows and no one can really be sure. So I'm just going to ignore it. Mm -hmm. And that was not good enough for me anymore. So I decided to search. And so I spent like a year of just reading on different religions and Mm -hmm. uh, just doing, you know, a lot of of background work to decide like why what I believed in and why I was here on earth. And like that, that was really where I started to heal and discover like my value as a person doesn't come from my athletic achievements I'm so glad
0: you said that <laughs> yeah
1: yeah like I, I was I, about to ask
0: you as I was about to say how do you find value in yourself outside of sports I was thinking you know I, I hope that's I hope that's changed and progressed you. so I'm so glad you say that because it's uh, yeah that's, it was not uh,
1: always that way yeah so so yeah I uh that's been a big a big thing that i'm thankful for uh mm. cuz i actually decided to become a christian uh right after i fractured my heel last year mm. and that was uh kind of the beginning of the end of my spiritual journey where i like i had done a lot of research into like why i wanted why i believed what i believed and then mm. i decided to commit to it and it was about the same time that my world kind of fell apart because mm. I couldn't go to work, I couldn't train and I couldn't race and so all these things that I had pegged all of my value on disappeared and I was forced to realize that I have a lot to learn of of myself and gain value in other areas of life uh, and just who I am as a created being instead of instead of something that I achieve and that that took a long time. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean that's incredible though, because at that moment, I mean it's in a crisis that people kind of truly discover who they are and can make a big change in life, but at that moment, it could have really been make or break, yeah um, yep. so to be able to kind of rally yourself together shows a huge amount of of strength in many many different aspects so you 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 went kind of return to religion did you kind of go back to the same church was it a different branch of christianity after your research what did you what did what did it lead you to
1: so i don't actually peg myself down as a certain branch uh basically uh through a lot of the research that i did i i definitely have realized that a lot of a lot of churches that call themselves Christian are mm-hmm. very man-made. They have yeah. a lot of yes. man-made ideas and principles that don't come from the Bible, uh, which is ultimately what I believe. So mm-hmm. I'm actually still searching for a home church because I I just moved to Ogden a few months ago mm-hmm. in Utah. And so I've been trying out uh, quite a few different churches and just trying to find one that that doesn't really have an agenda behind it. They mm. they don't have a bunch of man-made traditions or anything like that. They just go off of of like biblical principles and, mm. and what the Bible says. So that's been actually quite difficult um, mm. and it's sad to say, but I'm still looking. and And so that's actually a big reason why when I'm at races, I like to meet up with other Christians and just share some time to to pray and reflect and reflect on why like why we believe what we believe and and to encourage each other because that's what that's what church is meant to be like the the actual word church does not mean a building or anything Mm. like that it's it actually refers to the group of people Mm. and so uh in a way like the most consistent church mm-hmm. I can go to is actually who I meet up with at races. And I, and I just spend some time praying with them and, uh, getting to do a devotional or sing together, or whatever we end up doing. And that's really special to me because at home right now, uh, I don't really have a consistent group. I'm trying to find one. Yeah. So
0: have you, um, had the pleasure of meeting Steve McCollum yet? <sighs>
1: I'm scared to say no because oh, you! I will people. make
0: sure I introduce you to him at the world. He is an absolutely glorious human being. Um okay. he runs OCR Gives Back.
1: Oh, is, okay. Yeah. He's reached out to me. Yes, oh, I you must. He's he I I just. Not, I don't I ca- think i met him.
0: He's wonderful. Like he's so kind, and and he will definitely, you know, join in with some prayer and and and. Oh, he's just. He's one of the people that's on my list that I'm always so excited to see, like you will love him. You will love him. And he will definitely add to your experience that weekend. Um, I'm excited. He is glorious. Uh, Yeah. Great guy. Um, And it's nice you say that because I, I I live in a reasonably diverse area religion wise. There's quite a lot of strict religion where I am. I mean, possibly not compared to the States, but certainly for the UK And sometimes the feeling can be that there's a lot more uh, uh, importance placed on traditions and rules rather than kind of being a good person and doing the right thing. And I don't know, that's what I understand the fundamentals of religion are. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, is, is this something that's good? ultimately. And and so it's nice to hear you say, especially having been brought up in church. And I do hope you have a successful journey finding the group of people that works for you. I I know it's not that easy, but um, I'm, I'm sure you'll get that. You've said a few times that you feel that you were kind of put on the earth for a reason. Can you expand on that slightly?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's something I think about a lot because mm-hmm. for me, I I struggle if I don't, feel like I have direction in life. And yeah. so I spend a lot of time thinking about where I'm supposed to be going. And I, uh, I think probably about two years ago when I began my journey of searching for like what I believed, uh, spiritually, and then also mentally just mm-hmm. started that journey. I started tracking, uh, my core values uh, a friend recommended that I start. He recommended I read a book. Uh, I honestly don't remember what the what the book was called uh but one of the principles was what are your core values and what have you always gravitated to- towards so basically, the principle is is like at least uh this is what i believe so i'll I'll speak from my point of view uh we were created with specific gifts and talents. Mm. And each one of us is built slightly differently. And I don't think many people would disagree with the fact that a lot of us are different. Mm. Whether you believe in a nature versus nurture principle, that's, that's up to you. Uh, For me, I think there is a lot of nature and a lot of nurture. It's completely
0: both. You only have to see a newborn baby to see that they are the person they are the second they come out Yes, they exist as their own human. And there are things that they'll learn, but there are some things you'll never change.
1: Yep. Yeah. And their family life can have a huge impact on that. So I I believe that both have a big part. Mm -hmm. So there is some aspect to that. But as far as the nature side, just how I was built. Yeah and the mentality that I have and the Mm -hmm. mentality that was developed in me in the way that I grew up, I feel like I've been guided on this journey to be a very resilient and strong mental uh, person. So Mm -hmm. I have like a very strong mentality, uh, but also I, I have a very different perspective than a lot of other athletes. And I've definitely, realize that I get, I, I look at my values as what gives me energy. Like mm-hmm. when I, when I wake up in the morning, what do I look forward to the most? And I keep track of that over months and now over years and the consistent things are what I call my core values. Mm. So for instance, uh, I, I learned to speed fly, which is like a, a faster version of paragliding. Oh, I learned wow. to do that about two, two and a half years ago now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the reason I learned to do that was because ever since I was a child, I've always wanted to be a fighter pilot.
2: Wow. Okay. But
1: recently, just with uh personal convictions and everything, I I don't want to become someone who's in the military right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Um so I started looking at other ways to fly that were very dynamic and uh required high skill level but also were fun and like very responsive and fast and i found (laughs) speed flying so for the last two years it's consistently been a core value that i want to become a better pilot so i prioritize time in the sky because i know that every time i'm in the sky and also every time i land I walk away from that, a more energetic and inspired person. So then I, it fills my cup. So then I can go pour out to others.
2: Mm.
1: And another core value is, is inspiring people. So those two go hand in hand, because when I feel, and I understand that I'm actually inspiring other people to look at their life and possibly live it differently Mm -hmm. in a way that's healthier or a way that's more freeing and, and inspiring to others, that makes me feel more inspired to keep doing what I'm doing Mm. so that like that hits on all of my, my favorite things to do again, because when I know that I'm, I'm living life differently than other people and I'm stoked to get up and get to experience each day, that's contagious to other people. And Mm. I want to be able to share that with other people. So when both things happen, I just get this huge flood of energy and I'm just so stoked on the next day to get to do the same thing. So that's why I think tracking those things that ever since you were a kid or ever since you started realizing what inspired you, mm-hmm. starting to write those down and keep track of them and see which ones are cons- consistent and which ones come and go. Mm-hmm is a huge, huge advantage to finding out the direction of your life
2: Mm.
1: because you start to see patterns. So like another pattern that has been consistent with me since I was five, honestly, before I was five is competing. Mm. Uh, For some people, competing makes them nervous. It makes them scared. Uh, They don't like it. Mm -hmm. But for me, it brings out the best version of Ryland. Like competing and knowing I'm going to compete against others brings the best out in me. Mm. And so in order to be the best version of myself, I know that I need to compete right now until that core value disappears. But that's been probably one of the most consistent core values since I was a child, since Mm. I can remember. Uh, I was always competing with other kids and my siblings when I was younger. (laughs) And then I jumped straight into soccer and then even even after I transitioned to mountain biking and then quit that, I would uh, I would race other firefighters uh, like who could take the fastest fastest hydrant, uh, how fast I was on the hose line. That's why I loved firefighting so much because it was about who can be quick. Like you've got to be quick, you've got to be fast. And so I was always in a race against myself to be faster. Mm. And now now I'm dabbling in OCR in the hybrid space and. I'm always thinking like, okay, how can I get better? How can I improve? And that translates into all the other areas of my life as well. Because when I'm focused on getting better in one area, it makes me also think about how can I get better in other areas as as well? Like, how Mm -hmm. can I communicate better with my family? How can I communicate better with my crew? Uh, How can I help more? Like when you're inspired and you have that energy flowing through you that like God put into you for Mm -hmm. a reason, and you latch onto that and you're like this is what makes me feel excited to get up in the morning and I'm going to chase that.
2: Yeah.
1: Like there's not a, there's not a coincidence that like god made you a certain way
2: mm. and
1: inspired you to do certain things. Mm. And I think we ignore a lot of those oh, and we so slowly much. we die inside. Yeah. Like we we become so mm, complacent.
0: I think a lot of people do with their life what they feel they ought to or whether it's because of society or to please their parents or to please Mm -hmm. again it's finding value in the wrong place but there are it's quite rare for people to find this inspiration of what truly will bring them joy and bring them joy daily Uh, and and it's very very sad to see it when you do you know you, you can see somebody's not at full capacity, you can see somebody's possibly not even that happy, and you just kind of want to go, please, please. You've got so much inside you, like find it, find it, and do it. And no one's going to judge you. No one's going to think you're not doing well enough because you're doing what you want to do. This kind of duty to others uh, is is a huge stopper on people's lives.
1: And that's a big reason. Like I, I decided a long time ago that I, I wouldn't get a job based off the money
2: yeah yeah
1: and that also comes into OCR like I've had a a good couple weekends uh I raced four out of the last five weekends Mm. and uh it it was amazing and and I did really well but like the the prize money associated with that Mm -hmm. ultimately does not matter to if if I enjoyed the race or not there are ways to kind of take that out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, cause I used to, when I race mountain bikes, like sometimes I would think about the money. And, uh, for me now, like it's very rare in a race that I'll think about the money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I will contemplate like, okay, should I travel and spend this much on travel mm-hmm. based off how much I'm potentially going to get back? Like that, that thought does cross my mind. But when I'm racing, uh, I have a, a few things in place to where I don't think about, okay, if I get second and I push a little harder versus third, like I'll get this, this much more. Like, I don't want that to ever be a thought in my head while I'm racing, yeah. because to me, I should always be racing.
2: The motivation is not because to get the cash the
1: end. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it should, I should always be racing at my limit because that's what I signed up for on because that that's day what you
0: want to do <laughs> yeah that's
1: that is my that is why I'm racing is to get the best out of myself yeah so yeah.
0: just a quick question regarding uh, what you're saying which I think is beautiful <clears throat> and I agree with I think it's I think it's wonderful but just to clarify can you define the way that you use the word inspire so you know when you say what inspires you um what 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 do you mean by that
1: I think the best way that I can understand it myself, which mm-hmm. maybe can help other people understand, is not butterflies, but like a fire that's inside you. Mm. And everyone at least has a little candle that's burning. Yeah. But the more inspired you are and the more you're living in a way that's inspiring to yourself, the brighter in the the hotter that that fire burns within you. And so when I'm at a a spot in life where it's dim Mm -hmm. and I'm struggling, that that fire is usually smaller. Yeah. And it feels like I don't have as much energy. It feels like I, I don't have the same Uh, motivation and commitment to the things that matter. But when it uh, when it's burning brightly, when I'm doing more things that I know I was made to do, Mm -hmm. that I'm inspired to do, because I think those two go hand in hand. I don't think there's a coincidence in the things that make us feel alive and make that fire burn bright, like that energy flow through you. Those are often the same things that we looked at as a kid and thought were so cool or that we found when we were a teenager and we were like whoa I didn't even know that was a thing but that's (laughs) awesome and maybe we were scared to try it and we never tried it but like it's something in the back of our mind always Mm. like the like for me uh flying was one of those things I always wanted to fly
0: oh I've always wanted to fly
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we got to get you out on a paraglider. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing.
0: Um, Heck yes.
1: But some people, they never want to to leave the ground and it doesn't make them feel inspired. Yeah. Uh, And like some people racing, it doesn't make them feel inspired. It's draining to them. Yes. And that's what I was saying. I was like, Uh, earlier when you were asking about the personal interaction at races and like how, how I race so much and, and still like how I still have energy to go do a workout after I was at work, like all of that. The reason is because I'm super inspired to do what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm inspired to go to work. I want to help people. And I think it's awesome that I get paid to help people. Yes. There's (laughs) a lot of BS calls and like things that I don't want to go on, but in general, I feel like it's fulfilling. And I love that I get paid to learn how to help people better. Like that's a dream job. And then I love going to races and seeing people, but I love getting the most out of myself and just burying myself in effort. Yeah. Like it's such a rewarding feeling. So it's easier for me to bounce back and recover from those things because I enjoy them. It's more, it's more the things like ever since I was a kid, I've I've always been kind of like a lone wolf. Uh, Usually I was more quiet. I've just learned to be more of a a people person, Mm. but still that like that core value of wanting to talk to other people, that's never been a core value of mine.
2: Mm.
1: For me, I love to inspire other people, but almost from uh, a distance or in like a very intimate way, like one-on-one or in a small Mm -hmm. group. But I never have had dreams of being like in the center of a large group of people and talking to them and trying to inspire them that way. Like that, Mm. that has never been a core value of mine. And that doesn't make my fire burn brightly. (laughs) So that's not something I'm going to focus on. Instead, I'm going to focus on on things like my personal relationship in in small groups or one-on-one where I can talk with someone and help them work through something. Or maybe I make a video of of like what I'm doing and it inspires other people to go flying because they've always wanted to do that. And they realize like, oh, I could do that too. Or I have a conversation like this where you said you've always wanted to fly. And I'm like, you should go do that then. Like you should try it. (laughs) <laughs> like I love that's what gives me energy. It's not the the big groups of people in the attention like that is what drains yeah. me so so instead of focusing on what I don't feel like I was made to do i'm I'm trying to f- keep focused on the things that I know I was made to do if that okay. makes sense
0: it does and and whilst you were saying it, it reminded me of something i'm I'm studying at the moment, and on the very first uh class, I guess you'd call it that we had the course tutor said what life is all about is finding out what enlivens you and what deadens you and you do more of what enlivens you and less of what deadens you and that really is it and it's it's really? it, 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 you know it, it struck me whilst you were saying that and I was like yeah you have said it in a such a much more passionate and inspiring way uh that w- certainly struck more of a chord with me but yes it's I guess it's kind of the same message isn't it you You do more of what enlivens you. The challenge is getting there, getting people to to do that. But you know, it's it's definitely a good message. And
1: Um, that's what I feel like I was made to do was to make people (laughs) question how they can get there.
0: I love that. I love that. And then it's it's also put one more quote into my mind, which I will let you go on and carry on with the training, and I'll finish this. Uh, I think it's Catherine of Siena and I, she said be who you were born to be and you will set the world on fire i like it and i think that's so beautiful
1: and I it's something
0: it. for us all to and it's you know it fits in very well the ethos and it fits in for all of us we are all special and and and, and incredible on in our own way and
1: uh we're all it. unique and i think embracing that uniqueness and not being afraid to show it yeah is a huge 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 part to living inspired
2: mm. it's
1: is taking the time to learn enough about yourself where that uniqueness is. Yeah. Because it took me it took me years. And it's I'm still learning what mm. makes me unique and like what makes me inspired. And I'm still adjusting to that.
0: Oh, I'm I time, I've I'm been on a journey to find joy in every single day for like 10 years now and I'm a lot older than you and I'm still I'm still learning it's it's a long-term journey (laughs) but it's yeah it's 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 a fantastic one and it's a hard one to explain to people as well because you kind of go well I just I I do what brings me joy (laughs) some days it's this and some days it's this and you like you know like you say I have things For example, actually, my (laughs) is terrible. If you could see it, my recording studio is also my sewing table, and sewing is something I've done since I was about five, and I love it. And I started a career in sewing, and I hated it, and I stopped. But I sew for pleasure, and that's 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 a long term thing that that I love and I do. But sometimes I won't do it for a couple of weeks, and then I'll be super inspired, and I'll you know sew a dress for my sister, and it's. (laughs) <laughs> but it's quite hard to explain to people that I I'm I'm reasonably inconsistent in what I do I kind of go with you know right now yeah I'm, I'm this is this is this is what I'm feeling right now and I want to do it and it's not bringing me as much joy and I'm going to put that to the side and move on to this and it's it's yeah but I'm also not a, an athlete who competes who has to be you know consistent or I don't or I don't get that um the goal is harder so (laughs) but I love it I love your message I absolutely love it and it's not where I expected this to go and I think it's fabulous and it's great to hear such wisdom from you know someone so young you've obviously thought a lot and that in itself is a fantastic thing
1: thank you (laughs) I like to think so I mean
0: (laughs) good we need more of it
1: (laughs) well I I really appreciate you uh taking the time to dig deeper i there's a lot of questions that I hadn't been asked before. and I enjoyed them. So
0: thank you it's very great. much. I appreciate your honesty uh, and your passion. And I also appreciate you just taking the time to talk to me. I know you're super busy um, and you know, you have a lot of people wanting your time. So thank you very much for, for giving me some. And um, I think people will love to hear from you and it will be so fantastic to see you in, oh gosh, it's so soon. The, the world championships is so soon. Uh, it'll be wonderful to meet you. Now we've had a chance I gotta to chat. get flights out of my flights. <laughs> do it. <laughs>
1: okay. I'm excited to see you too. I'm even more excited than, than before. And yeah. like I said, like having people question, like how they can live more inspired is mm-hmm. what I feel like I was meant to do. And this is a great way for me to, to hopefully reach some people to do that. So I appreciate you having me on. I, I love it.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Fantastic. Thank you.
1: <laughs> you're
0: welcome we'll have a, a glorious rest of the day uh, get those flights sorted and um and good luck at the weekend i know you're pacing but you know still hard work and, and give chris my best and i hope her race goes well copy that <laughs> all right thank you Betty.
1: thank you <laughs>